This is a Franchise Update News Brief. I'm Julie B. Chipotle Mexican Grill has joined the folks behind Food, Inc. to promote this critically acclaimed documentary. They'll promote the film in their restaurants, sponsor free screenings, and create a bonus feature for the DVD. Food, Inc. exposes how our industrialized food system affects the environment, the economy, and our health. Learn more about Chipotle and other news at Franchising.com. I'm Julie B. reporting for the Small Biz America Network. Small Biz! Small Biz America. This is Inside Franchising, featuring up-close interviews with leading franchisers and franchisees from across America. Brought to you by Franchising.com. And now, here's your host, David Wolf. Hi, I'm David Wolf, and welcome to Inside Franchising, where we get a unique look at the world of franchising from both the franchisor and franchisee perspectives. In this edition, our featured franchisor is Floor Coverings International. We're joined by Tom Wood. He's the president and CEO of the company. Tom's been a key member of this franchise company's management team since joining the organization in 1985. He was appointed president and CEO in 2005 and has been focused on transforming the company from a small mom-and-pop organization into an international powerhouse in the floor industry. Tom and I are joined by two franchisees of Floor Coverings International System. They are James Brooks. He's joining us from Flagstaff, Arizona, now two years in the business. And Jason Nichols joins us. His uh, location is Toronto, Canada. He's been in the business for about a year and one of the top performing rookie franchisees in the system. Welcome to all of you and thanks for joining us. Good morning, David. Tom, I'd like to start with you if we could and lay the groundwork for this segment. If you would, give us a brief history of Floor Coverings International. When was the business started and, and what did it look like in its very early stages? Sure, I'd be happy to, David. Thank you. It, it's an interesting story with Floor Coverings International. Uh, oftentimes when people get to, to take a moment to tell the story of their organization, it, it starts as a, uh, a flowery beginning that exploded with, with growth and everybody was happy and lives happily ever after. And that, that's not necessarily the, the case with our organization. Whereas I can point back to Floor Coverings International started back in the, the early 90s and did have explosive growth. After it went through its growth period in the mid-90s, it actually went through a uh, pretty dramatic downturn in overall performance of the organization and also a number of franchisees and everything that has to do with a good, successful franchise organization. I think the, uh, the best way to put it here is an introduction. Floor Coverings International started as a van-based, work-from-home, mom-and-pop home improvement company, of course, focusing in the flooring industry, had explosive growth but then realized that that was just a challenging and, and difficult operating model to operate both for the franchisee and for the end consumer as well. Sure. Through all of this, our organization, our parent company, which is the franchise company out of Toronto, Canada, purchased the company in 2003 when it was in a very difficult and challenging stage. It, it went from, at one point, approximately 300 franchisees in uh, North America to a low of about 50 franchisees shortly after we acquired it and change the operating model to move this to a business that more focuses on entrepreneurs looking to run what we term as an executive business model that puts the franchisee really in an empowered situation that they're running a, really what I would define as a business in all essence of that, that word, meaning it's not a one guy, one truck do everything. It's a business operation where the franchisee is overseeing and managing a management team, a sales team, and then ultimately delivering for the consumer a product and a what I would call a value-add that does differentiate us in the marketplace. For the end consumer, 
what Floor Coverings International has transitioned and transformed to today is a business that is entirely unique on a local level in that we are actually able to provide to a consumer in the comfort of their own home a, a business that will come to them and provide them choice, fashion, variation, and a customized solution to their home improvement and specifically their flooring needs. The primary differentiator is that the flooring industry as a whole mandates that a consumer goes to a big box retail uh, uh, store and then tries to, to fight their way through the myriad of selection in that big box environment. We want to bring it to them in their home and we want to help them get it right. Okay, great. Thanks, Tom. I wanted to uh, get a sense of the company's evolutionary process, uh, knowing that your focus has been to take it from the mom-and-pop operation to a large international company. What were some of your challenges and victories uh, along the way? And you've pointed to some of these. Anything else that you'd like to point to, just in terms of scaling up the system itself? Sure. I think the, the biggest challenge that we had to face was internally. When, when we started a, a fairly extensive strategic review of not only our own in organization internally, but taking a look at the, the marketplace and, and the way that consumers were buying their home improvements, and then, of course, looking at the flooring industry, it became very apparent to us very quickly that the operating model that we were providing here at Floor Coverings International was not the best operating model for either us as a franchisor the franchisee as a business owner, or for the consumer, which is probably the most important person in, the, in this whole equation. Yes. However, the biggest challenge that we had was reorienting internally the need for and then actually facilitating the, you know, this big dramatic change from being a small work-from-home mom-and-pop business that, that also I would tell you as an outsider coming in was, was small-minded in our thinking to a much broader organization that was going to, to change its look and scope internally and then also to that end consumer. So really the first victories that we saw were on the consumer level. So while we were struggling internally, we found that consumers were, were lauding this, this change. And there was a couple of places in particular that we saw very quick and very dramatic change. Uh, number one, the average performance of our franchisees that were up in operation um, quickly increased. Number two, the average ticket item for our franchisees went from an average of in the low to mid $2,000 per ticket in 2005 to very quickly in 2006, it jumped to over $4,000, and today it's close to $5,000. And we, we take that and point directly back to we reoriented how we run our business, and the consumer responded by giving us bigger, better, and more complicated jobs. Tom, how has the way consumers buy these types of materials, floor coverings, how has that changed over the time you've been involved with the business in this market space? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting and complicated question as well, David. The, when you stay within the flooring industry, it's much more difficult to understand why the consumer has changed and, and what really has fueled the changes for consumers. When you come from this industry from outside or more from a, a fashion uh, perspective, it's a lot easier to see what has fueled the change. One of the, the places that I like to point to is on the leading edge of, of how home improvements have changed and how consumers think uh, about their home improvements have changed is with the advent of cable TV and specifically home improvement programs and networks that are, are dedicated to these types of projects. The favorite one that I love to point to is HGTV and, and how a decorator and designer like uh, Candace Olson will, on this television program, show a homeowner how you can actually bring fashion and design into almost every element of decor in a consumer's home. And certainly, 
that starts with the floor in a consumer's home, which oftentimes people will associate as the, the bottom-up perspective of how I'm going to finish my home. If you get the floor right, then you've got the portrait and the landscape of which to do all the rest of your decor and furniture and building upon it for your lifestyle. Now, what we've seen in the industry is as the consumer has started to learn that they can bring fashion into their homes, and this would be fashion that they would normally see in magazines, fashions that they would see in hotels, fashion that they would see in resorts and high-end office buildings and things like that. Once they began to understand that you can actually bring these things into their home, they started to go and look for it, and they started to ask for it. When they go and start looking for it and asking for it in the flooring industry, they are often met with resistance because that is not a level of expertise that historically the big boxes have, which is where consumers would traditionally go to buy flooring, nor is it the level of expertise that the installers have, which are the person that is actually putting the floor in. Sure. They can install it properly, but they're not the creative element and creative leading edge to help that consumer determine what, what their house can have and how to bring the vision that that consumer has for their home to life. Yeah, it's a much more consultative model and uh, with that dash of design, as you say. Exactly. As mentioned, uh, we're joined by two franchisees of uh, Floor Coverings International. Jason Nichols, uh, who's located in Toronto, Canada, joins us. He started up in 2008 with only uh, one year in the business. He's now one of the top-performing rookie franchisees in the system. And also we're joined by James Brooks. He's located in Flagstaff, Arizona, and joined as a new franchisee in 2007. Jason, if you would, take us back to your decision point to join Floor Coverings International as a franchisee. What was happening in your life then? And how did you determine that this business opportunity would be suitable for you? Well, that's a, it's a big question, um, and I'm sure that most people, you know, have a hard time trying to figure out what to do with themselves. Um, but myself, I was a uh, franchisee many, many years ago for a company called College Pro Painting. Um, and College Pro Painting was something I did really well at, and I enjoyed it because it was an able, a way for us to kind of, you know, spruce up someone's homes. Yeah. And one of my primary, you know, passions is working on my own home, and I do... Definitely, I'm one of those people that loves HDTV and watching the different shows and finding out ways that I can make my own place better. And so when I was looking for a change in my own life, I reached out to uh, my college pro uh, friends and alumni, so to speak, and asked them what they were doing. And, uh, you know, the, the words came back, and a lot of people started pointing in the direction of Floor Coverings International and said, this is a new system that's been brought in under the umbrella of a, a larger company, you know, that's uh, out of Etobicoke or Toronto, Ontario. Take a look at it. See if it's something that you like. See if it's something that you could see yourself doing. And obviously, you know, the floor is, is such a huge component in what makes a home beautiful. You can have, you know, beautiful hardwood or carpet or whatever it may be, but if you don't have anything really with any punch, then it just looks bare. And I thought, well, this would definitely be a way to kind of bring that level, you know, not just paint, but, you know, changing the floors up a notch. And so I got interested, started to talk to, you know, people at the Floor Companies International and then talked to Tom and a couple other people and, and really got charged up and thought that this would definitely be something that I would really enjoy myself doing. Granted, a lot of hard work, but really enjoy and want to be able to progress through. That's kind of where I went to and how I made that decision. Thanks, Jason. We're also joined by James Brooks. About two years ago, uh, James, you chose to join Floor Coverings International as a new franchisee. What was that decision about for you, and why did you choose this particular business opportunity? Well, as Jason mentioned, it's a, it's a large question. Similar answer to Jason's. Uh, a little bit different, though. A close friend of mine is a local uh, third pro franchise owner 
and I watched him go through the process over about seven years of getting his feet wet as a painting contractor to becoming one of the you know, better performing sort of pro franchises in the country uh, right here in Flagstaff, which is a relatively small town. You know, we're not a large metropolis or anything. And I felt that the support that he got from Certipro, which in essence was driven by the backbone of the, the franchise company and the core values there, were in large part the um, kind of secret to his success. That yeah. There was a good, solid background there. And when the opportunity was presented to me in the summer of 2006, and similar to what Jason heard, that, you know, kind of a new up-and-coming franchise in the uh, franchise company, you know, sister company to sort of pro painters, college pro painters, and the others you might want to jump on this opportunity. I went and looked at it and felt like it was a good decision. James, you've been operating for about a year now, if I have that right. What, if anything, did you not completely understand about what opening and operating this type of franchise unit would entail? Is there anything that has surprised you in, in any way that you'd like to share? You know, after two and a half years of, of running the business, the, the biggest thing that jumped out at me was just the general concepts of managing a business, that it's not just opening the door, going out and selling floors. It's all aspects of of operating a business and in essence that was some of my decision was I was as I was making my decision I decided do I want to go back to school and get an MBA or do I want to buy into a franchise and learn so to say on the front line yeah how to do this yeah. and certainly that's been a trial by fire and had its challenges Jason what about you how did the folks at uh, the franchise level that is the floor coverings international franchise or how did they help guide you and support you in learning the business and getting you to that opening day? Well, you know, like any real good franchise system, and I can only speak from the two that I've kind of worked in, which was College Pro and now Floor Covers International, yeah. there was a lot of training that went into it. So you're given the basics of the tools, how to estimate, you know, what kind of people to look for, all of the, obviously a ton of product knowledge, and really given everything that you need to kind of get to that point where you can open your door. Um, and they did a great job of, of kind of doing that. The hard part is always that, Every locale, every location, every every market is always just a little bit different, and so yeah. you do have a little bit of a you know struggle trying to figure out what you're going to do. And much the same that James mentioned is that there's always that challenge of you know running a a business is more than just selling the floors. And you know from my background with painting and stuff, I always thought, well, you know, you go, you paint a job, you get it done, you know exactly what you made at the end of it, and then you kind of walk away. Well, there's so much more you know, involved in that, and the scope is so much larger in Floor Coverings International because we're not just working for nine months. We're working, you know, potentially for nine or ten years to build a, a really strong business or even beyond that to have something that we can all be proud of and, and you know, look back on and, and think fondly of, so to speak. We're visiting with Floor Coverings International. Tom Wood is joining us. He's the president and CEO of the company. And uh, James Brooks and Jason Nichols, they are both franchisees in the system. Tom, I wanted to shift back to you. From your franchisor perspective, what makes an ideal franchisee? Great question. And you know what? I'll tell you uh, it is a question that we continually ask ourselves in terms of trying to get the exact formula and recipe right. But here's what we do know, and here's what I've known from my 20-plus uh, years in franchising. A couple of things that, that are critical that every good franchisee have. Number one, an ingrained sense of goal orientation and then that ingrained tenacity attached to the goal orientation to be able to overcome obstacles. Number two, it would be leadership 
and understanding that that whether you are running your own business or you're you're operating a franchise, which is also your own business, you are the person that owns that business, and the success and the failure largely depends on on you as an individual. And then the third one is perseverance and uh, resiliency. And what I mean by perseverance and resiliency is in the startup of a business and then in that growth from a startup into an emerging and mature business, which is really what we all get into business for, the startup phase can be very challenging and very difficult. And each and every day brings a new challenge to a franchisee that may be the best suited person ever for that business. But the simple fact that they've never done it before and they've never experienced what that business experiences before, it's a challenge. Somebody's got to have resiliency to be able to bounce back from uh, short-term setbacks and that perseverance to keep their business moving forward to hit those goals that they've set for themselves. Tom, what are some of the challenges or obstacles you tend to see with franchisees in your system? You know, issues that can keep them from becoming successful in their operations. Are, are there common trends you see there? Sure, there, there are. One of them's an environmental, and one of them is an individual. And I'll start with the individual first, just because it, it comes off of the theme from your, your prior question. And the, the number one difficult aspect that we find that a franchisee faces or a challenge that a franchisee faces is that transition from being a world-class employee in somebody else's organization, even if they've been a leader, to being a world-class business owner. And what I mean by that specifically is just learning how to run their own business and the differences between being a, a sole proprietor and business owner from having the structure and, and things like that that are provided from somebody else's business. That is way more difficult and challenging than anybody gives a credit for. And we see time and time again that the, the people that are even the, the best prepared to be able to make that step are still shocked and surprised at how difficult that is. So that is the number one challenge that we find that our franchisees face in getting their business up and started. Then there's the environmental uh, challenge, which is what's going on in the world, what's happening in the industry that, that is a constant challenge. And in that one, the biggest thing that we face is marketing and advertising or, or building our brand and getting the brand across on that local level. We are very, very good and successful when we actually get into the consumer's home. We have a very high closing ratio. We have a very high average job size. However, we're continually faced with the challenge of being able to reach out to our consumer marketplace in a very fragmented market where typically a homeowner doesn't know who they would call getting that message across to them, letting them know that we are there, and then uh, basically making ourselves attractive so that the customer will reach out to us. Those would be the two biggest challenges that we see that our business faces. Maybe I'll put this question out to uh, Jason and James. Jason, how are you finding the market space, the external part, the marketing, and, and getting yourself into the homes? What are you observing there in terms of uh, the range of challenges, or how are you marketing the business? Oh, well, there's a ton of, obviously, different tactics that... You know, as a franchise that we all try and employ, if it's, um, you know, specifically targeted mail or if it's unaddressed ad mail or if it's, you know, in the neighborhood kind of stuff, uh, signage, you know, knocking on, you know, people's doors when you're doing work in their neighborhoods, putting door hangers out, then there's web tools. You know, there's a ton of different things that we all try and employ as well as our own, you know, quick, you know, uh, guerrilla type tactics. Um, but it's always a challenge, you know, people... People don't really think they need you until they really need you, and then they want it done all of a sudden, and that's the hardest part. And you know, once you find your way into, you know, a couple of good forums that can help spread your name around, if it's a marketing group or a networking group or a couple of good clients who you know then are 
sort of the Joneses in their community and everybody's trying to keep up with them, it makes it a lot easier for you to find your way into people's homes and, and obviously continue to do business. I've been told that word of mouth for any local or regional businesses is key. I'll put the question out to James. James, what techniques for marketing on the local level are you finding are most successful for you? And is word of mouth a big factor? Word of mouth and referral-based business has been the number one key to our success. Yeah. As I mentioned before, we're a bit of a small town. We, I, As I opened my doors, I partnered with the Certipro franchise. I partnered with a handyman company. I partnered with a real estate agent, a uh, restoration company, and basically worked very closely with them to make sure that any time they were in a customer's home that had use of our services, you know, they were you know, sure to hand out our name. And we do the same. We, we approach it at, from a standpoint that we try to get more leads for them when we're on jobs than they do for us. It's kind of a fun game to go back and forth. And I can honestly tell you 80% of our work comes from either people that know me is about 40% of that or businesses that know our business, and that's the other 40%. Have you found that the recessionary environment, and we're sitting uh, here in August of 2009, has the recession affected your business? Absolutely. But, you know, you you weather those challenges. You, you do everything you can to position yourself and keep the doors open and, and, and move forward knowing that everybody's struggling with the same type of issues. And we've lost four competitors in our town, and I, I feel really bad for them. And I've spoken to most of them personally. And uh, in the meantime, you know, we just keep rolling forward and letting people know that we are open for business and ready to to help them when they're ready to go forward with their project. Jason, is the consumer holding on to their money? Is that the sense that you have right now, just in terms of the psychology of what we're dealing with here? From what I'm finding, um, a lot of people are still holding on to their money, but a lot of people are starting to loosen up. Um, they're starting to realize that, you know, the light is at the end of the tunnel and it's not just the train going to run us over kind of thing. Um, it's getting better. People are you know, making the decisions to invest in their property. So uh, something that's been, you know, promoted a lot where I am is, you know, staycations. Instead of going away, you know, they're staying at home and enjoying the home. And as a result, they want to kind of reinvest a little bit in that, that piece of property that they know that they own that's not going to change. Um, so it's it's been an up and down, but it's obviously starting to trend up a little bit. Tom, I wanted to put this question to you. Obviously, a franchisor's ability to provide excellent training and ongoing support is so critical to the success of any franchisee. What would you say makes your approach different, unique, and effective in ways that separate it from many of the other franchise opportunities that might be out there? Well, and this, this is a question that I'd appreciate after I uh, give you my answer. It gets put back to the two gentlemen uh, on the call as sure. well as a test on it. But I, I would tell you, one of the different approaches that we have that is uh, unique for our organization here at Floor Coverings International, but also is shared with uh, one or two of our sister companies, is we do look at this as a partnership and, and a relationship that relies on all parties working together. And here's what I mean by that. Um, we understand as the franchisor here that we have a certain role and we have a certain job uh, in helping the franchisees be successful. And among the different things that, that are critical that we provide is leadership and direction. One of the things that's not so critical to, uh, to provide, and we have clarity on this, and this is where I would say that we have a definition, is that it is not our role to be the best person in the flooring industry. And 
what I mean by that specifically is I am not going to be the best expert in the organization on choosing style, color, and design for a customer. And therefore, I'm not going to be the best person to our franchisees to tell them how to do it and provide all of their instruction. What we do that's different and unique than other franchisors is respect the franchisees and respect the knowledge and experience that they have and utilize the franchisees to help get the best practices within the organization quickly prototyped out to the other franchisees in as close to a lifetime uh, opportunity as possible. And we do that through a concept that we call momentum groups. Momentum groups are small pods of peers, uh, peers meaning franchisees, that are not necessarily from the same marketplace, and they're not necessarily from the same region of the country, and they're also not necessarily from the same cycle of how long they've been in their business. They are in a professionally facilitated group where they're providing support and leadership and experience to one another in a sharing environment that allows them to share their better practices and receive the better practices of their peers and successful franchisees as these things are being prototyped through their businesses. And it's that clarity of understanding, um, and we call it keeping our own egos in check, that we are not going to be the experts at everything. There are certain items that we do need to be the experts, and we work ridiculously hard to make sure that we stay at the front end of that curve. But there's other areas that my job and our job is to make sure that the franchisees get that information shared from one another. And that's an area that differentiates us from other franchisors. Jason, I'll put this out to you. Was there anything uh, that you felt you could have used more guidance from the franchisor process, the training process, that you might point to uh, to serve this discussion? I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, I, I think, with any business or franchisor, it's always the financials. You know, it's one thing to run a business and do it okay. It's another thing to run a business and do it great. Um, and we're constantly, through the momentum groups and through other training practices now as we're kind of ramping up, I think, as a, as a overall system, trying to find ways to tweak everyone's abilities so that we're all talking, you know, common language, common systems. We're all assessing, you know, gross margins, gross profits in the same way. And that was something that, you know, when I first started out, I really didn't have a strong understanding with and didn't know how to deal with until we started to all adapt and make these momentum groups and kind of figure out new ways to teach each other how to become better at these things. Because it's one thing to run a business, it's another thing to become a strong and profitable business. And you don't know that unless you're, you're all working from the same basis point or the same page. And you don't know until you actually have all the numbers and they're right. And James, from your vantage point, anything that you could use more support on you know, in the initial training stages of uh, launching into a business like this? It's a big question. You know, we've been through so much in the, the two and a half years that, that we've been open. Um, I'm probably going to cater that a little bit more towards what I'm facing right now. Sure. The challenge of finding good quality people to surround myself with in this business. As Tom mentioned, it's an executive-based model. I'm, I'm not here because I specifically want to be out selling floors every day. I'm here because I'm trying to build a business in Flagstaff that is an enjoyable place for people to work, a place that people want to work at. And one of the ways to do that, I feel, is to find you know, good quality people and give them a launching pad to grow from. And, you know, I've, I've struggled with that a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to find you know, the right people and give them the right uh, recipe for success and help them succeed. So that's been a bit challenging lately. It'd be nice if there was some magic bullet that the franchise could say, here, 
just do this. <laughs> but, you know, as Jason said, it's, it's probably not quite that easy. Yeah, people are absolutely a variable that, that small businesses struggle with uh, across the, the world, probably. It's just a difficult area. I wanted to put another question out to you both. What do you like most about the business? If I were to ask you, what's the thing that gets you up in the morning? Jason, toss it to you. Um, that's, a, that's a tough question, too. I enjoy it. It's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> you know, I love it because it, it's something that I'm doing, and it's something that I'm building. And I hate it because some mornings, you know, it's it's all me. You know, the success hinges upon how well I'm able to lead my staff, how well I'm able to plan maybe something else that wasn't there, or how well I pick the people to surround myself with that are trying to aid me in things that I may not understand. And so, you know, I get up and I, I love it when it's working. Love it. It's great. You know, you're able to go in and maybe do a remodel on a whole home and you've just done this, that, and whatever, and yeah. everything worked out great. And then you hate it when, you know, something simple goes wrong and it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that in the beginning? I could have saved myself, you know, some headache of just thinking, you know, one small component through. And it's it's the growing phase, you know. It's like going from an adolescent to a teenager to an adult. You know, you love and hate the whole the whole thing, then you wish you could try and do it all over again because what you know would make it that much better as you go through again. I enjoy it. I just would love, I can't wait to look back even on three or four years and see the, the growth that's come there because it always makes those harder days that much more worth it. James, in this business, what uh, gets you up in the morning? What uh, puts you in the zone in terms of your enjoyment level in operating the business? You know, again, much as Jason said, there's there's certainly ups and downs in the days and um you know there's always a day when you get that phone call and you hear you know the installer did what and uh you know you have to deal with those but in general concept of building a uh, uh you know a enjoyable place to work that that provides an income for people you know in Flagstaff to say yeah I work at Floor Coverings International and I really I, that is something that you know, every day when I put a couple of puzzle pieces together and I figure out, ah, we're closer to that, you know, what, look, we've just solved this little problem. You know, and the byproduct of that, I mean, it's, it's kind of a funny way of approaching it, but the byproduct of that is that it happens from helping people solve their, their problems on their floor. You know, when you execute a, a successful project and you have that customer that's looking at you with a smile and says, this looks great, thanks. It's really enjoyable to, to, to go through that process with them. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what pulls all the pieces, you know, kind of push and pull together. Thanks for that, James. We're visiting with our friends from Flora Coverings International, and we'll be back right after this. Flora Coverings International is the leader in the mobile flooring industry. With a powerful business model and an estimated $65 billion marketplace, Flora Coverings International is an outstanding opportunity for entrepreneurs to build a large business that can maximize their potential. To request more information about how to own your own Flora Coverings International franchise, visit www.flooring-franchise.com or call 800 955 4324. That's 800-955-4324. 800-955-4324. And now back to Inside Franchising. Here's David Wolf. 
Tom, I wanted to shift gears and sort of winding up today's session. What's on the horizon in terms of the floor covering industry overall and uh, also, you know, in terms of product innovations, industry growth, your uh, internal or external challenges, anything you'd like to point to? What's on the horizon? How's this business going to look three, yeah, five, for, ten for years sure. down the line? For sure. As we have seen, uh, the last two years have seen a contraction in the overall flooring industry as well as the home improvement industry. And this has just been a direct reflection on the economy and consumers essentially just, just holding on to their money a little longer and being more careful before they jump for ticket items and expenditures. What, what we are seeing is as the economy slowly starts to recover and then becomes more robust, and uh, we are anticipating that we should get back to a robust economy in 2011. So that would put it a full 14 to 18 months ahead right now that our businesses will be faced with, with again, expansion challenges of can they keep up with the growth in the industry. And the way that I like to, to point to that and, and add a phrase around it is, Two or three years ago, before the economy uh, shrunk, if our businesses weren't growing on average of 10% per year, not only were they, they not growing, but they were actually shrinking in relation to the expanding market share. We're going to be faced with that again, and I would anticipate that by the time that we get to 2011, if our businesses aren't growing in the 15 to 20% per year, they will actually be shrinking in relation to keeping their, their same market share. That's going to be one challenge that our businesses will have, because it's not as easy as just adding people and, and you know, building up your team and your staff. Yeah. The second thing that we're going to be facing as well is that the, the way that consumers respond to marketing and advertising and promotions and the way that they buy has probably been forever changed as a result of this recession that we've had. Um, it, it's no dispute that this is the worst recession and worst economic times that we've had here over the past 24 months, going back to the, the Depression in the late uh, 1920s. This is now officially worse than the recession that we had in the early 1980s. What is a normal response and reaction? Consumer behaviors change, and they've been changed. The second challenge that we've got is being able to adapt to that quickly, which is what we're working on right now, and redefining from our basis and our foundation as a, a local business opportunity and business uh, entity, how we differentiate ourselves from our consumers and how we actually approach, speak to, and provide a service to a consumer. Specifically, our consumers have become more complicated. Their needs, their desires, the way that they want to work uh, with, they've become more complicated. We need to be able to adjust to that, and we need to be on the leading edge. Well, I think we've got a very, very good and clear picture of Floor Coverings International and the uh, values with which you operate. Thanks to all of you for joining us on Inside Franchising. We've been joined by Tom Wood, Jason Nichols, and James Brooks. I want to thank you guys for sharing your insights and experience with Floor Coverings International as franchisees. Tom, thank you for coordinating. For more information about Floor Coverings International, please visit www.floorcoveringsinternational.com, just like the name. And for more information about Inside Franchising, contact us at www.smallbizamerica.com. Thank you all for joining us on the program. Thank you. Great. Excellent. Inside Franchising is a production of the Small Biz America Network and Franchise Update Media. This program is sponsored in part by Franchising.com. You can own your own business today. Visit Franchising.com.
This is a Franchise Update News Brief. I'm Julie B. Entrepreneurs are saying yes to TES, the Entrepreneur's Source. They're North America's leading business coaching firm for self-employment, franchise, and small business training. Studies show more men and women today are working from home. Professional coaching is a great way for the business savvy to cash in on a growing trend. Learn more about TES and other news at Franchising.com. I'm Julie B. reporting for the Small Biz America Network. Small Biz. Small Biz America.